You're listening to an audio sermon from Hope Bible Church in Oakville, Ontario. For more information, please visit our website at hopeoakville.ca. Who's ready for some encouragement? Hands up, let me see it. Who's ready for some encouragement? Me too. Again, one day, amen, one day. And on that note and on that level, we are going to be receiving, I pray, some tremendous encouragement as church, as sons and daughters of God today. But today also is next level. Because who's ready for some personal encouragement from the Lord himself? So many watching right now and you've been persevering. You've been fighting the good fight for faith. You've been seeking the Lord. You've been through many different trials and fears and discouragements. But you're here. I'm here. You're here. You're you're still here. We are we we are pilgrims on our way to the celestial city. God is with us and for us. God has not given up on us, and so we continue to walk in the midst of what can be difficult and weary, and yet so worth it one day as we see him face to face. As we reflect on our own lives, as we think now on Paul's life in the book of Acts, I mean, what a battle. What a roller coaster Paul had. But listen, when you look at Paul's life, what a God. What an awesome God. And today what we see in Acts chapter 18, we see yet another battle for the gospel. Another round of opposition and another round of difficulty for Paul, but it's here in God's perfect timing. And Lord, work, would you work in perfect timing today? It's here in God's perfect timing that Paul receives a word of encouragement from the Lord himself. And that's our sermon title. A personal encouragement from the Lord himself. You think about that, how kind and gracious is our God. That he personally, just listen, he personally blesses Paul. He personally reassures Paul. He personally loves Paul. Amazing. You know when a friend comes up to you and says, it's going to be okay, you'll get through this. That's a blessing. It's a blessing to have a friend come up and put their arm around us and say, it's going to be okay. We're going to get through this. And yet the friend is limited. Because as much as the words of the friend are sincere and heartfelt, the friend is not sovereign. The friend is not all-powerful. The friend is not omniscient. But how about when God, how about when God himself comes up and puts his mighty arm around you and says, you will get through this. What happens when God says that? Whenever God speaks, with his word comes perfection. With his word comes eternal certainty. With his word comes, again, 100% guaranteed completion of everything God says. He speaks and it happens. Nothing can stop our God. 
when God comes up and puts his arm around you and says, we're going to get through this, you'll get through this, man, again, you, you can take that check spiritually to the bank. And this is what I pray supernaturally happens today, right now, as you are listening and watching. That the Lord, through his word, through his word, comes right up to you today and he puts his arm around you. He gives you a personal, a personal word of encouragement for your soul and your heart and the renewal of your mind and your comfort and your blessing and your encouragement to not give up but keep going. Oh, may it be so. I am believing I am believing our God that that is going to happen to so many of us today. God is personally going to encourage us. So just before we do that, I'm going to pray that God would do that. Father, I beg you in Jesus' name, as your word says in John 7, whoever believes in me, as the scriptures has said, out from his heart will flow rivers of living water. Not a trickle, Lord, not a stream a river, a river of living water. I pray that's happening today, Lord. You will use this time, this word, you will use this servant to have rivers of living water that will just gush and drench the people of God in so many different situations. Oh God, I pray, I beg you to supernaturally encourage your church right now with your word that we would result in more love for you and faith in you and gratitude for you, and love again in you. May it be so, may it be so, we pray together in Jesus' name. Let me hear you say it. Amen. All right, here we go. It's time to get on the Encouragement Express brought to you by the Holy Spirit. So you can turn to someone right now and you can say, hey, you ready for some encouragement? Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead at home. Are you ready for some encouragement? You can text someone right now. You can press pause and text someone. I love last week when I asked some of you to do that. Uh, a friend from the States texted me and said, God is awesome. I love that. That was so encouraging. One, he was actually listening. But two, that he followed through with that. And I was so encouraged. God is awesome. You can do that right now. And as we're doing that, let's also open our Bibles to Acts chapter 18. Acts chapter 18, as we get there in our passage, Paul has just left Athens. He has arrived in Corinth. Now listen, it's always a crazy time in Corinth. They get to Corinth and the, all the things that happen in Corinth. And so we're going to see what does happen in Corinth. And wait a second, what's that? Wait, wait, say it again, say it again. Map? Oh, 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 you want to see a map? Yes, yes. Yeah, me too, me too. That's, that's good. I, I heard you at home. I heard you at home. Okay, so here's our map again of Paul's first and second missionary journey. So we've been tracking with Paul and Silas and Timothy and Troas and then Philippi. And then there they were in Thessalonica and then Berea. And then they, again, travel. Paul travels down uh, to Athens Right? And then we see here, goes to Corinth today, to be at Corinth. And so this is where we're going to focus on right now, the map, and this is where we're getting our surroundings. And so thanks for the reminder to show the map. I'm so glad because that helps a lot of people here as well. So again, again, so awesome to see the province of Achaia. And we're dealing in Corinth today, and we're going to see some encouragement as the Lord gives to Paul um, at this time. So 
We're going to primarily focus on two verses for our sermon uh, this day, and we're going to build around it as we go. So take a look with me at Acts chapter 18, um, verses 9 and 10. Check out this encouragement from God to Paul. 18, verse 9. And the Lord said to Paul one night in a vision, Do not be afraid, but go on speaking, and do not be silent. For I am with you, and no one will attack you to harm you. Why? For I have many in the city who are my people. Again, look at verse 9. And the Lord said to Paul one night in a vision. So first of all, notice. Notice God's care for Paul. Notice his attention. Notice his, notice his compassion. Notice his awareness of the situation Paul is in. Notice his grace. Notice his sensitivity. Notice his detail over Paul's life. Notice the love of God. Notice his encouragement. And for all of us watching right now, there's such a wide range of situations and emotions and circumstances and joys and fears. There's so many different situations watching right now. Listen, listen. You know from this text right here, the Lord knows. The Lord knows exactly where you are. The Lord sees exactly how you are doing. The Lord can understand exactly what you are feeling. Listen, listen. The Lord knows, just as he knew with Paul, he knew Paul's fears. He knew Paul's situation. He knew Paul's struggles. And so he gave Paul encouragement. And he knows your fears and your struggles. He's not a distant God. He is intimate and loving and faithful and close. He knows and he cares. And today we're going to see three specific personal encouragements from the Lord to Paul and therefore also to us by way of application. Let's get started. Encouragement number one from God to Paul is this. Do not fear. Do not fear. I want you to keep on speaking. Do not fear. I want you to keep on speaking. Again, look at verse 9. In verse 9 it says, And the Lord said to Paul one night in a vision. Now, can you imagine the potential for stress in Paul's life? The opposition he went through, the verbal abuse, not to mention the physical torture. Um, he just lived with constant threat of his life as he sought to see the gospel go forward with Jesus Christ. His one desire is to see lives changed by the love of Jesus. But the people won't listen. His persistence, listen, and his exasperation. He actually comes to the point in our text in verse 6 where Paul reaches his limit. He's kind of had enough. He's done. He's had it. Look what it says in verse 6. Verse 6. And when they opposed him and reviled him, because he was testifying about Jesus, he shook out his garments and said to them, Your blood be on your own heads. I am innocent. From now on, I will go to the Gentiles. Here's how Eugene Peterson paraphrases this verse in the message. Again, this is a paraphrase, and you'll see what I mean by that. Here's what Peterson describes verse 6. But no such luck. All they did was argue contentiously and contradict him at every turn. Totally exasperated, Paul had finally had it with him and gave it up as a bad job. 
have it your way then, he said. I love this. You've made your bed, now lie in it. That's good. I like that saying. That's good. You've made your bed, now you lie in it. From now on, I'm spending my time with the other nations. I've had it with you. I am done. I can no longer take this, man. I'm exasperated. I'm frustrated. I'm just, again, totally fed up with this situation. Isn't it, isn't it also encouraging to see, here's Paul, uh, going through emotions that we also experience. Can you relate to Paul's frustration? You can late right, maybe relate right now where you are in different ways, but in terms of wanting to see God do stuff and, and maybe just even the desire to see the, the seats filled again with the gospel of Christ and people and, and he loves and just to be kind of frustrated that it hasn't happened yet. Jumping up and down for some reason. That's because you can be frustrated, but also seeking to trust the Lord within that. But here's what I love, though, is that in the midst of Paul's frustration and exasperation, see what the Lord does? He draws near to encourage. Notice that Paul's life is not free from trial or trouble or tribulation. In fact, Paul's life is packed with those things, packed with trial and tribulation, Yet within these trials and these discouragements, the Lord, the Lord personally draws near to encourage his child. Loved ones, listen, listen. The Lord promises problems. You gotta hear that. The Lord promises problems. But the Lord also promises his presence. His presence to be with us always. How precious were the words of Christ been to Paul, or I will never leave you, never leave you or forsake you, never. Paul himself would write in the book of Romans, nothing shall separate us from the love of God. Paul also wrote in Romans 8, likewise, the Spirit of God helps us in our weakness and Paul wrote this in Romans 8, if God is for us, who can be against us? It was Jesus himself who said at the end of the Great Commission, behold, behold, pay attention, observe, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So isn't it so true though? And listen, listen, this is so, this is so important right now. The Lord will often allow us to come to the edge. The Lord will often allow us in his sovereignty for us to come to the brink. To get to the place of frustration, exasperation. We're fed up. We're done. I can't take this anymore. And yet then at that, how many times in my life, then at that moment, just when the Lord lets you get to the edge, he then rushes in with grace. He rushes in with love. He rushes in with strength. And you are there and you feel like you're done and you can't go on and you're about to give up. And the Lord comes in this comfort and grace and encouragement and he floods your soul with grace and love and passion again and massive hope fills your life. Massive hope and your faith rises to an all-time high because my God has not forgotten me. My God is true to his promises. My God encourages me when he knows I need it most. He lets me falter, but he comes and at the last moment he will fill and strengthen and provide as only he can. God, do that now. God, do that now for your church. To the person right now fighting against spiritual evil. To the person right now feeling exhausted and overwhelmed. 
for the person right now weakened by sin and the temptation to sin, to the person right now watching feeling hurt, broken, discouraged, to the person right now struggling in loneliness, to the person right now tempted with anxiety, the person fearful of finances, the person who's been wounded by relationships, the person searching for hope, to every person watching right now, may the Lord draw near to comfort you in truth. Jesus says, I am with you always. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Lord Jesus, I pray right now in faith, that right now in faith you will draw near to your children. Lord, I ask, as they are watching and listening right now, in Luke 11, Lord Jesus commands us to pray then, how much more will the Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? Oh Lord, in faith, I pray you are drawing near to all these beautiful children of yours in all these different situations. And by your presence, Lord, and your grace, you are giving encouragement at this moment, right now, that they may see and feel hope and know they are alive in Jesus Christ. Yes, Lord, do it. A personal encouragement from the Lord today. And if you look back at our text here, if you look at verse 9, Jesus says to Paul, do not be afraid. Isn't that interesting? Do not be afraid, Paul, which means, listen, ready, which means Paul was afraid. I mean, even behind the Greek meaning of this, it's like stop being fearful, which indicates Paul was as, 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 as fantastic and as courageous and as amazing as Paul was, and we would all say absolutely we're so encouraged. Paul, though, was human too, and Paul also experienced levels of fear. That encourages me, does encourage you? Just like us. But listen, what would make Paul afraid? Why was he afraid here in this situation? Well, how about Corinth itself? How about Paul's resume of his beatings and stonings and imprisonments? I mean, how's that for reasons to kind of be a little hesitant about the next journey? The city of Corinth, the case, he was walking into the lion's den here. The city of Corinth was a moral cesspool. It was famous for being a center of immorality and especially wicked sexual perversion. Here's how Ken Hughes described the city of Corinth. Uh, There had been culture shock in Athens for Paul, and now Paul experienced moral shock in Corinth. This is well said. Its sweat and perfume and grit smothered Paul's righteous soul and he became depressed. He became fearful. He became discouraged. So the Jews in our text, they had their issues. The city of Corinth had a whole other set of issues. And again, Paul was fearful. But then the Lord's comfort and the Lord's command. Do not be afraid, but go on speaking and do not be silent. Isn't it so awesome that down the road, Paul himself would turn to young Timothy, who was also afraid. And Paul would say to Timothy, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love 
and self-control. Young Timothy, be not afraid because God has given us a spirit of power and love and self-control. Paul knew from experience. And what a word for us today. The world that we live in, the society that we live in, so perverse and the blatant demonic worship of sexual immorality all around us. Yet listen, listen, the power of the gospel for salvation. It's the gospel that frees people from such wickedness. It's the gospel that frees people from such bondage. It's the gospel that purifies and changes people from the inside out. It's the gospel that calls people from walking a life of just of, of, of disgusting filth and sexual immorality and turns them away to Jesus and sees them find purity and life and love and blessing. This is what the gospel does. Is that you right now? Is that you right now? Just like in the city of Corinth. And you are listening, watching, and, and, and broken in sin, and broken in filth, and broken in swimming, and just all around you, and it's just so devastating and so discouraging. I'm telling you, this is the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. He sets people free to purity and love and power by his message of salvation that frees us from sin and from the, the pit of, of, of destruction and devastation and sets us alive in the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, the purity and the joy that is found in Jesus, that is found in the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. I, it was just last week that I read this such, a, such an encouraging article. Um, it was called, it's on the, uh, the Gospel Coalition website, and it's called from, from Gay to Gospel, The Fascinating Story of Beckett Cook. I just encourage you to look it up. It is such, a, such an awesome example, again, of how Jesus Christ sets people free to love and joy and purity and passion and life. Be not afraid, Paul. Keep on speaking. And church, listen, church family, church family, listen, all of us. The Lord says to us today, do not fear. Keep, keep, keep loving with the gospel. Keep, keep, keep speaking with the gospel. Keep, keep reaching lives with, with the gospel. So many lives have been changed in our midst, and so many lives will be changed. Let us not be afraid. That's encouragement number one, do not fear. Keep on speaking. And now encouragement number two. The Lord says personally to Paul, I am with you and no one will harm you. I am with you, and no one will harm you. This is so good. Look at verse 10. In verse 10 now, the Lord says, For I am with you, and no one will attack you to harm you. Let's just stop there for a second. Stare at that phrase in your Bible with me. Stare at that phrase in your Bible. Jesus draws close to Paul, and he says, I am with you. Now let me ask you here. Let me ask you, okay. When it comes to life, is there any other truth you really need to hear or know other than this truth right here? Stare at that, stare at that one letter in verse 10. See what, what one letter? Stare at that one letter I. I am with you. Stare at I. Now again, when that I is attached to a friend, that is one thing. But when the I represents God Almighty. That is a whole other thing. That I, I, that, that, that I becomes the undefeated king of kings. That I is the one who upholds the universe by the word of his power. 
That I is the unstoppable one, the unshakable one, the unbreakable one. That I is the one who just speaks and his enemies are completely decimated, disintegrated by the word of his mouth. This is the I in the I am with you. What an encouragement that phrase is. In fact, it's the encouragement of encouragements. To hear that phrase, I am with you from the Lord himself, that brings eternal confidence, that brings indestructible hope. He is with me. No one will harm me. In other words, I cannot lose. I cannot die. I cannot be defeated. Why? Because if God is for me, then who can be? You finish it at home. Then who can be? That's right. Then who can be against me? Against me. So in one sense right now, in one sense, today might stink. Today might be difficult. Today might be tough. But you flip the lens. You flip the lens and you look to your God and you hear the phrase, I am with you. And then today all of a sudden becomes awesome. There's nothing more you need to know. God is with me. God is for me. God has loved me. God has saved me. God makes promises to me. Today might stink, but when I look in the right place, man, today all of a sudden is absolutely awesome. Consider in this one phrase, what God is saying to Paul right here, what Jesus is saying to Paul, verse 10, just the, just the, what Jesus is saying, Paul, Paul, you have my presence. Paul, you have my protection. Paul, I want you to know, I am with you, you have my purpose. No one's gonna harm you. And Paul, you have my word on this, you have my promise. In the name of Jesus Christ right now, Please, Lord, may this be a personal word of encouragement to all who are listening and watching right now. Father, I'm, I'm, I'm asking you to apply this truth from your word to your church today, especially to those who are hurting and weary, for those who are angry, for those that are lonely, for those that are fearful, for those that are suffering, for those that are discouraged. Father, by faith, I ask that you will take these truths and this promise and you will speak these directly by your Holy Spirit and personally to those people right now. Please, Lord, would you do that? That you would hear God saying to you, you have my presence. You have, you have my protection. You have my purpose. And this is my promise to you, my child. God, would you do that? I pray you are overwhelming. You are overwhelming your church with your grace right now, with your love and with your comfort. So what Paul would do after this incredible word of encouragement, he would preach the word in Corinth for 18 months. It says that there in verse 11. And then in verse 12 we learn that after the gospel, of course, is having impact, the Jews then would mount an attack against Paul. Now look at verse 14 though, and watch what happens, okay? So verse 12 says the Jews made a united attack. Verse 14, but when Paul was about to, listen, when Paul was about to open his mouth, Gallio said to the Jews, 
If it were a matter of wrongdoing or vicious crime, O Jews, I would have reason to accept your complaint. But since it is a matter of questions about words and names and your own law, see to it yourselves. I refuse to be a judge of these things. Now, watch what's happening right there, okay? So Paul is being attacked and conspired against. He's just about to open his mouth in his, his, in his defense. I love this. He's just about to speak. But then God intervenes providentially. God intervenes sovereignly. He speaks through Gallio, and Gallio basically comes to the, to the rescue right here, stops the process, and saves Paul. God's so true to his word. He says, I'm with you, and no one's going to harm you, Paul. No one's going to harm you here. And instead, who gets harmed? Well, then this group of people, they turn and they beat up a guy named Sosthenes. You can see that in verse 17. They see Sosthenes, the ruler of the synagogue, and they beat him in front of the tribunal. These guys are crazy, aren't they? I mean, poor Sosthenes. There he is just getting, getting, his, getting beat up, man. Getting beat up for all these things. And so we see this text here. Again, in crazy situation. Listen, God says, I'm with you. I will not harm you. No one will harm you. So there's a short-term fulfillment of this encouragement right here in our text. But ultimately, that promise, I am with you, I will not harm you, there's an eternal fulfillment that is so glorious and so awesome. I mean, even just today, I read 1 Peter chapter 1 in my, in my reading plan, and 1 Peter chapter 1, just the, I am with you, no harm will come to you. I mean, how is that lived out in the, in the, in the truth that we are born again to a living hope? to an inheritance that is, that is undefiled, imperishable, and unfading. You want to talk about being with us? You want to talk about nothing, being a heart? Kept in heaven for you, the text says. It goes on to talk about, again, how we have joy inexpressible because of our relationship with Jesus Christ. And then it goes on to say this. It says, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Man, and that's, that's, I am with you, and no harm, eternally, nor, you can die, but you will live. You can be persecuted, you will be perfected. You can be, you can be knocked down, but you will rise again because of the power of the gospel. The personal encouragement of the Lord he says to us today, I am with you, and no harm, no harm will come to you, ultimately, Encouragement number one, don't be afraid. Encouragement number two, I am with you. And thirdly and finally, encouragement number three, God says to Paul and to us today, I always have a plan and I always have my people. Look at the end of verse 10 there. End of verse 10, God says, for I have many in the city who are my people. That is so good. That is so good. Praise the Lord. God is awesome. In other words, you know, here's what God's saying to Paul. He's saying, hey, Paul, Paul, I got this. I got this, man. I'm sovereign over every human who's ever lived. I have my own. I have a master plan. I have those names written in the book of life. And in this city, in this city, Paul, there are many. It's all good, Paul. I got this. You just watch. So encouraging. He's saying to Paul, Paul, you keep speaking and I'll keep saving. I love that. You keep speaking and I'll keep saving. God has a plan. And God has his people. So we have to imagine for Paul at times um, the loneliness that Paul must have felt. And at times he's on his own. Like he's on his own in Athens. He's waiting here in Corinth. All the attack, all the opposition, the loneliness. Can you relate to that? Paul can. 
But notice what happens. God always has his people. Look at in verse 2. Paul finds Aquila and, and Priscilla. What an encouragement that must have been. In verse 5, Silas and Timothy arrive. Man, think of the joy that must have been in that reunion. Then in verse 7, Paul goes to the house of Titius Justice. And in verse 8, Crispus, the ruler of the synagogue, Crispus, if you're looking for a name for your next child, it might be a good one. Crispus, ruler of the synagogue, believed and with his household. Then in verse 8 it says, many Corinthians believed and were baptized. Indeed, the Lord has his people. Look at that. The Lord has his people. But the thrust behind verse 10 is that God is referring to his elect. He's like, hey, Paul, Paul, I got people in the city, man. I'm, I'm about to save. They're there. They've been chosen before the foundations of the world, Ephesians 1. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to regenerate them, and I'm going to save them, and you will see, and they will be saved by the preaching of the gospel that I have given to you. Listen, listen. God always has his elect in every city. Notice here, too, some might complain. When God says, I have many in the city, what's the point of evangelism? That's the wrong way to look at it, man. Right here, this is the reason for evangelism. God's like, Paul, Paul, keep preaching because I got people. I have my people in this city. And the moment they hear the gospel come from your mouth, they're going to be saved in Jesus Christ. It becomes the impetus for, for, for evangelism to see people saved. It's not a discouragement of it. It's a tremendous encouragement. Keep speaking again. I'll keep saving. Consider how the Lord has many in this town or this city that we are in. Many of his people are here. Just as I even pulled up to the church today and even this past week hearing about salvations from the last seven days, God has many in this town and city, loved ones, confirming and proving that the Lord has a plan and the Lord always has his people. He always has his people. So Hope Church, be, be so encouraged this day. You know to be encouraged, again, you know that we have a waiting list of people to be baptized right now. It's, it's up to 50 people, 5-0. 50 people waiting to be baptized because the Lord always has a plan and he always has his people. And what a weekend and weekends that will be as we able to rejoice together and celebrate the fact that the Lord Jesus Christ continues to save and work and build his church. So loved ones, listen, do not be afraid. Keep on speaking. The Lord is with you. No harm will ultimately come to you. God always has a plan, and he always has his people. And what I want to do right now as we close up this encouraging message, I want us to take a moment to pray. So I'm going to ask you right now just to be still where you are. I'm going to ask you maybe that you can just kind of put things quietly aside and just focus and bow your head and just, again, close your eyes and just concentrate and where you are and I just want to speak these encouragements and these blessings over you right now let's do that church let's maybe just let's just focus let's be quiet let's 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 allow ourselves to hear from the Lord God Almighty so father I, I pray so much that you are speaking powerfully to your church today and specifically in encouragement and the Lord, uh, Lord God, I, I believe right now there are people that you are saying personally to my child, do not fear. You are saying, my child, do not fear. Keep on uh, speaking of Jesus Christ. 
You are saying to others right now so personally and intimately and wonderfully, you're saying, my child, I am with you. I am with you. You are receiving that directly from the Lord. I am with you. And I will never leave you. And I will never forsake you. God, I pray right now, you are saying to some of your people right now, you're saying to them, in the midst of your fears and frustrations and the unknown, the Lord comes and puts his mighty arm around you and says, my child, I have a plan. It is perfect. And I always have my people. Lord, I pray right now, you are ministering to your church as only you can. And you are filling us with love and hope and faith even as we sing now we respond to these truths that i will not fear because the lord has a hold of me and he will never ever let me go thank you jesus for your kindness and grace and love we pray this in gratitude and thanks in jesus name amen